in a dark world filled with deceit. One united voice is crying out. Revealing the truth of God's word. It's time to expose the hidden truth. And unravel the lies. While we're living in Satan's little season. With Sister Crystal and Brother Phil. Welcome to Living in Satan's Little Season show. We're your hosts. Sister Crystal. Brother Phil. Topic today. New Earth. Living in Paradise. Mm. Can't wait to be living there, but we're going to go over this idea of paradise we all want paradise don't we we all want to live in paradise don't we isn't that where we all we all want to live yes yeah that's sure why i want to live and uh, we're going to learn about paradise because that's essentially where we're going to be living mm. if we make the right choices here in this earth we will get to go to the next earth and that's going to be we will be living literally for an eternity in paradise that sounds so <laughs> lovely <laughs> i can't wait i'm packing my bags as we speak <laughs> Where people live around the world and try to go on vacations to a real nice climate, kind of a paradise kind of area maybe or something. But we have that to look forward to for all eternity, not just for a vacation. And I love that. And a lot of times when you think of that word, a paradise, it's definitely you think of a tropical location where there's a lot of like greenery, maybe a beachfront location Something with a lot of sunny, like, yeah, maybe, sunny and maybe some birds yes. or something, you know, just a tranquil environment that is lush. And so what we're going to learn about is this word. Now, what's this Greek word, the Greek word for paradise that we're going to be learning about today? What is that word? Paradosos. Paradosos. Okay. So it's kind of like, this is where we get the word paradise, paradise from. Right. First place that's found. Okay. <laughs> is actually in. In the beginning. In the beginning. <laughs> in the. You know it, Garden of Eden, right there. Right. Okay, so we're going to start here. We're going to start our show here in the Garden of Eden. And we're going to go over, because there's some parallels, between the description of Eden and New Jerusalem where we're going. That's why we you got to study the beginning to get the end. And so we're going to (laughs) learn so much here today. Right. And I'm going to make, I might have a few mind blowers in here. Mm -hmm. Wouldn't you say that? There's some interesting parallels you can make between the Garden of Eden in the book of Genesis and later on in, of course, the book of Revelation. Well, the connection to this word, paradosos, really has a larger scaping to the word. We think, you know, a paradise is a beautiful place to be, but... It has a larger extreme to what God, God created paradise. And that was the Garden of Eden. And uh-huh. his creation is always beautiful and perfect. Well, go, why don't we go ahead and read that right now? Let's, so we're going to start here in Genesis chapter 2. We're going to start with verse 8. And God planted paradise in Eden, according to the east, 
and he put there the man who he shaped. And God caused to rise up yet from the earth every beautiful tree to the sight and good for food and the tree of life in the midst of the paradise and the tree, the one to know nothing good, to knowing good and evil. Okay, we'll stop there for a second because here he talks here about God planted this, what they call paradise. Now, the word paradise, of course, we know how it's translated in most of our Bibles right. as garden. Mm -hmm. Okay, but that's that word garden is actually the word paradise mm. in our Bibles. This is the w interesting thing that we learn about that God planted paradise or what, what we call a garden. That's why you and I, in our lives, we can plant paradises mm -hmm. here on this earth. By planting a garden. Well, I would say, you know? from a gardener's perspective, because I do love right. to garden, that most gardeners look at their garden as being a tranquil environment that is their own paradise. <laughs> you know? Well, and see, this is exactly what God did. He planted a paradise or a garden for, of course, man to live at the very beginning. It was like, a, you know, a, a perfect place. And the word Eden, you learn that, uh, learn actually means delicacy. Okay, so in other words, the Garden of Eden is actually the paradise of delicacy. Mm. And we all know what delicacy is. It's like uh, it's like we're living in, you know, upscale. We're living... Gr See, this, according to God, this was the best. He created the best for man to live mm -hmm. in the best. And, of course, what happens through sin and whatever and rejection of him... They had to leave living in the top, the garden, the paradise of delicacy. They had to leave all that behind. Right. Adam and Eve said. Cho chose the other, the wrong decision. Yeah. So mm -hmm. here we learn about this paradise that God had planted, which, you know, he planted paradise. It mm -hmm. says it right there very clearly. For, and, and of course, he planted these different fruit-bearing trees for everyone to eat. Right. That's what he's doing, okay? So go ahead and read the last verse here. And a river goes forth from Eden to the water paradise. From there it separates into four sources. So now there's a river in Garden of Eden that we learn about that kind of waters the garden and everything else. Right. Okay, so this will come up later on because all these things are kind of representation of what happens actually in the book of Revelation mm -hmm. in New Jerusalem. Okay, so we'll just keep that in the back of your mind. Now, we're going to go to... Again, Genesis chapter 2, verses 15 and 16. Go ahead and read, the, read those two. And the Lord God took the man whom he shaped and put him in the paradise to work it and to guard. Okay, let's stop there for a second because there's a couple things here. You notice that Adam was to do in paradise. It wasn't just... You're in paradise, so you just chill out. You don't do anything, Pull up right? Pull get a drink, and right, relax. sip on a pina colada, <laughs> and kind of chill out. No, 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 no. Adam had a job to do in this garden, right? And there's two things. Right. The first thing, of course, it says there he was to work it. He was got. Remember, God planted the garden, but you know, gardens, like you say, you know, if you don't keep working those gardens, they they don't they don't turn out too well. Do uh, they? Go on a mind of their own. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you got to keep working the garden, and also his 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 other description of this word, and this is kind of interesting, is to guard it. Uh huh. Which I thought that was kind of an interesting word because he was there to guard the garden. 
Well, what would he have to guard it from? That's my question. That's a really good question. Because <laughs> now, you see, what I think it was is, <clears throat> uh, you know, I'm, I'm gonna we're going to go a little bit into this later on. Because remember, something happens later on where we learn that he loses his guardianship of this garden. Right. Because of sin. And somebody else has to guard that garden. We know who that is. Mm-hmm. So, okay, but just keep that in the back of your mind. That Adam was the original one that was his, one of his responsibilities was to guard that garden. Okay. Okay. And we'll get into what happens. He fails to be a guardian of that garden. And he gets fired from mm-hmm. his guardianship mm-hmm. and working the garden. Well, then he was cursed to go work the ground outside the garden. Right, right. <laughs> so, again, I just want you to keep that in the back of your minds because this comes up later on mm-hmm. that he loses his guardianship of the garden. Mm-hmm. Okay, so go ahead, and, go ahead and continue on. And the Lord God gave ch- charge to Adam, saying, From all of a tree of the one in the paradise, food you shall eat. Okay, so he's going to eat it. You know, he was allowed to eat all the food except for, you know, we know of the the tree of knowledge of good and evil. He wasn't, they weren't really supposed to eat that. And I don't want to, we all kind of know the story. I don't want right. to get into that. I'm just trying to get you to understand this word paradise is used here to describe the garden which God created for man. Mm-hmm. Okay. And that they were supposed to work and guard. Right. Which they didn't really do a good job. That word guard is actually the same word used all over the Bible to describe obeying the law of, of God. Mm. That same word, it, it's like we're guardians of the law of God. That's what mm-hmm. essentially that, that word is used all over the place. It's actually found all over the, uh, uh, like almost a, almost 20 times in Psalm 119 where it talks about your law, you know, I will be your guardian of your law and I will be, you know, it, it uses this word a lot in that, in that chapter. Okay, so it's really super interesting. Okay, I'm just trying to get us to understand what that word means because that's that word we you don't use that word guard that much. It means that we're the protector of. We're right. the we're, we're going to be the obeyer of this of this tree and everything, and that's what they were supposed to have done. Right. Okay, but they failed on their in their job. Mm-hmm. Essentially, that's what he did. Okay, so <clears throat> let's go ahead and go to. Okay, we know later on <laughs> we kind of know the story. This is this is chapter two. When we get to chapter three. Things start going downhill pretty fast, okay, in, in, that, in that, quote, paradise. Right. They were in paradise, folks. We know that that word means paradise. Right. So this is where, in chapter 3, we learn that paradise, it, that, that word Eden means delicacy, because the translators here on this Greek Bible translate that is as the paradise of the delicacy. Right. So it's a, it's a garden of Eden. Okay, so just keep that in mind when we read this next passage of Scripture here. Genesis chapter 3, verse 22. And God said, Behold... Adam has become as one of us to know good and evil. And now, lest at any time he might stretch out the hand and should take from the tree of life and should eat and will live into the eon. And that the Lord God ejected him from the paradise of the delicacy to work the earth from which he was taken. And he cast out Adam and settled him before the paradise of the delicacy, and ordered the cherubim and the flaming broadsword turning to guard the way of the tree of life. Okay, so he lost his guardianship. We see mm-hmm. that, you know. Because of, this is the punishment he got, they were ejected out of the paradise of the delicacy, which is the Garden of Eden. Mm-hmm. And so we understand this is, God created this garden for man and, you know, gave him 
just a simple rule. Just don't eat that one tree and then you, you'd be good to go. You know, you're, you're, mm-hmm. you're, you're golden. But they ate the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, which gave them understanding of good and evil. Before that, I guess they didn't understand it. Okay, and this mm-hmm. is where everything kind of then started slipping downhill ever since. But God, I, I believe God had a plan and purpose for all this. I think he knew all this was going to happen. And he already had a plan in, in place all along of what was going to happen and what was going on. One thing we learn about this this word paradise is it really does mean garden, really. Right. It's, it's translated, it's used garden in other places. Now, we're going to read here in Jeremiah chapter 29. And if you remember Jeremiah 29, that's the you know famous scripture, I know the plans I have for you, declares right. the Lord. Before that. Yeah, a little bit before that, you know, Jeremiah is giving some, I guess he's giving some advice to how do we deal with now that we're going into Babylonian captivity right. at this point? And how do we live? You know, what are we supposed to do as captives over in Babylon now that, you know, we've been essentially taken against our will to another country? Right. Okay. So go ahead and read that scripture here because the word paradise is mentioned again. Jeremiah 29, verse 4 and 5. Okay. Thus says the Lord of the forces, the God of Israel unto the resettlement, which he resettled from Jerusalem to Babylon. Build houses and dwell, plant gardens and eat of their fruits. Okay, and that word gardens, same exact word, paradise. Exact word they use as a garden of Eden. Same exact Greek word used here. So again, we as believers in our, you know, to be like God, God is a planner of gardens. And, you know, we also, in our life, that's one of the things we can do to, I think, be a lot like God, mm-hmm. is that we can plant, you know, work with our hands, plant, be out in nature, just enjoy what God's created. And we can build, we, we, I think it's a good idea to plant a garden. Well, I love you know? gardens. Yeah. I, I love my other hobby when there isn't snow on the ground is to be outside and planting seeds and nurturing life in the way that God nurtured life and that he grew things to be enjoyed. And, and that you can go from either flowers or you can grow, go through herbs and things or things that, that sustain your family by planting crops. The reason why I say this, I'm getting to a point here. Okay. <laughs> I, I always have a point I'm getting to because we're going to go to the book of Revelation now. And we're going to learn about this word paradise. Mm-hmm. It's actually mentioned in the book of Revelation. And God is... Essentially, we learn later on, he's recreating paradise. Mm. He's recreating his garden that he wiped out and destroyed at the very beginning. Now, guess what? In the book of Revelation, it's back. It's back with a vengeance, and Mm -hmm. it's bigger and better than ever. But we don't know how big the Garden of Eden was. It could have been as big as as the Garden. That'd be interesting to to find out. Maybe it's as big as New Jerusalem was. Right. In size, we don't know, but we know that New Jerusalem is going to get this paradise. Mm-hmm. And, we, and we know this for a fact because we're going to read the scripture. As I always say, mm-hmm. I'm going to read my Bible. It's going to be right in there. Okay. Now, there's a message to the church of Ephesus here. Okay. In Revelation chapter 2, verse 7. Go ahead and read that one. And he who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches, to him who overcomes. I will give to eat from the tree of life, which is in the midst of the paradise of God. Okay, so one of the promises not only this church got, 
but every church would would get these promises as well, is this idea to eat from the tree of life, Mm -hmm. which is in the paradise of God. That word paradise, same exact word that's used back in the Garden of Eden. That's the Garden of God. Okay, so now we are learning that we're going to learn about this tree of life in later on chapters in the book of Revelation, and it shows up again. Here's the first instance we get in the book of Revelation about the tree of life showing back up. And of course, as I always say, this is the most valuable tree in the world because this tree, remember we read in in Genesis, if you eat the, the, the fruit of this tree, you will live into the eons. You'll live forever. Mm-hmm. You have to have access to that tree to live forever. If you have access to the tree of life, you live forever. If you don't have access to the tree of life, you die. It's as simple as that. Okay, so this is what we learned. Okay, so now we're going to go to Revelation chapter 22. And now we're going to learn about the tree of life again. Okay, Mm -hmm. go ahead and read that one. And he showed me a pure river of water of life, clear as crystal, proceeding from the throne of God and of the Lamb. In the middle of its street and on either side of the river was the tree of life, which bore twelve fruits, each tree yielding its fruit every month. The leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. Okay, so now not only do you learn about this, remember, the Garden of Eden had this river going through it, mm-hmm. that which split into four. It was right. like four rivers. Go- well, now you learn the kind of the same sort of scenario here with this water of life coming down out of the throne, mm-hmm. which is kind of interesting. So there's a lot of parallels here. And then, of course, you have what? The tree of life showing back right. up. Again, the tree of life is gone for most of human history after the first few chapters of the Bible. Right. And then you don't, it, it's gone. We don't know where it's at. It's disappeared. Well, suddenly it shows back up again mm. in New Jerusalem. Of course, we know New Jerusalem's a walled city, don't we? Right. In other words, not everyone's going to get into that city to have access to that tree of life. Right. Only the righteous will have access to that. Mm. Okay. And so, uh, go ahead and read um, further on in Revelation chapter 22, verse 14 and 15. And we're going to get a few more details here. And blessed are those who do his commandments, that they may have the right to the tree of life, and may enter through the gates into the city. But outside are dogs and sorcerers and sexually immoral and murderers and idolaters and whoever loves and practices a lie. Okay, so did you get that? The only ones that have access to the tree of life, according to our Bible here, are those who are righteous. Mm-hmm. See, not every, see, this is why what I think what's, what's going to happen when we all are resurrected from the dead. Certain people are going to be resurrected we're all going to be resurrected with in the same sort of way, but only those who have access to the tree of life are going to have eternal life. If you don't have access to the tree of life, you don't have eternal life. Just like Adam, he was ejected out of the garden, and he didn't have eternal life after that because he didn't make the cut. He didn't do what he was supposed to do, being the guardian. So the righteous people are going to be in New Jerusalem. Of course, we know that's a walled city, mm-hmm. right? And it's a walled city, and there's, of course, 12 gates in that city. We've learned about that in other shows. And so I'm just trying to bring this detail out because now we're learning a little bit more about this tree of life that shows back up. Okay. Again, but the people on the outside 
won't have access to that tree of life. So they're, that's why they're going to have to go through the second death. Right. They're not going to have access to the tree of life, which is required to have eternal life. But the people on the inside in New Jerusalem are going to have complete access to that tree. And, of course, whoever eats that tree will live forever. That's how we're going to have eternal life, folks. That's the difference between... And then that explains why in Isaiah chapter 65, he explains how certain people can have really long lifespans. Well, why are people dying then? Because people, certain people have access to the tree of life and they won't die. Mm -hmm. And other people won't have access to, to the tree of life. And eventually they'll die. Right. Okay. It's, it's a sad thing. But, you know, like you say, eventually every knee is going to bow and every tongue will confess. But, you know, certain people, obviously, everyone's going to be resurrected. And certain people, of course, are going to be resurrected to shame and everlasting contempt. Right. You know, we know that from other scriptures. Right. Okay. So I just want to, we, we read all the main scriptures here. Now I want to go over some similarities between Eden and New Jerusalem. That are mentioned here. Okay. And I just want to bring this up really quick because, well, actually, before that, we're going to go into one more passage of scripture. Okay. okay. Let's go to Revelation chapter 21, verse 10, and we'll read one more to give us a few more details of this. Okay. Let's go ahead and read that one here. And he carried me away in the spirit to a great and high mountain and showed me the great city, the holy Jerusalem, descending out of heaven from God. Having the glory of God, her light was like a most precious stone, like a jasper stone, clear as crystal. Also, she had a great and high wall with twelve gates and twelve angels at the gates, and names written on them, which are the names of the twelve tribes of the children of Israel. Three gates on the east, three gates on the north, three gates on the south, and three gates on the west. So now we learn a little, another little detail here. Remember, the access to the tree of life, which is inside in this new Jerusalem, okay, mm-hmm. it's guarded by well, we learned in, in in the in the back in Genesis that after Adam, which was the original protector or guardian of the garden, right. he got he fired from his job, and who took over? It was a cherubim, which is a form of an angel, right? Well, what what happens at the end? What do you find out here? Well, guess what? The entrances to get into the New Jerusalem, which has the Tree of Life, are also guarded by these 12 angels Mm. in every single one of the entrances. Every one of the gates. Every one of the gates is going to have angels guarding that gate. Mm. See, that's how you know that only the righteous are going to be let in and out. Just like back in the Garden of Eden, it's the same thing. Angels are guarding the way to the tree of life. Not everyone's going to have access to it. Right. Only the righteous will. Same exact scenario. It's interesting. Okay. Now we're going to look over some similarities here. Okay. God planted the garden in both, both the Garden of Eden and, remember, we know the New Jerusalem, it came down out of heaven from right. God. Right. So he planted that, that, right. new, that new garden city of New Jerusalem. Right. He planted that garden too. So both gardens, both essentially both of these Edens were planted by God. Mm-hmm. Okay, it's one of the, one similarity. Okay, another similarity is that the tree of life exists in the midst of both of those gardens. Mm-hmm. Okay, it's the only place it exists. Angels are guarding both of those trees. 
entrances. Entrance to get in, to get mm-hmm. access to those trees, mm-hmm. that tree, because that's the most valuable tree in the world is this tree of life, and we know that angels are back in the Garden of Eden was was protecting its way. Right. And we read about this also happening in the Book of Revelation. So same it's thing. not the same tree. It, it's same tree. I don't know how that tree is, but it's obviously if you have access to the garden, you can eat freely so of that we tree. We don't know where the Garden of Eden was on this earth. Well, no, not really, but that doesn't matter anymore. What no, matters is... Remade, I guess, this new this gar- tree, of, tree of life in the garden. And the only way to the tree of life is through one of those gates, which is heavily guarded by an angel. The angels guard, of course, and only one allowed in are those who have uh, their name written, written in the book of in life. the Lamb's Book of Life. And I'm guessing every one of those angels probably has a complete list. <laughs> that would be my guess. Every one of those angels. They have to go through that list to make sure you're you got that go ahead to get in that gate. Only ones allowed in and out of that city, New Jerusalem, are going to be the righteous. Right. Wicked people are going to be out. No, they're, they're never coming out. So, in other words, us righteous, the righteous people are going to be going in and out of that city. Until we're going to be, obviously, have a work outside the city as well. There's there's things we're going to be doing outside. The, we're not just going to be like monks sitting in this, <laughs> in, in this in this city doing nothing. We're going to be going in and out, probably working on talking about Christ, reaching people for the, the lost, the people that are on the outside. Mm-hmm. That would be my guess. Only the righteous are allowed in that have their their names written in the Lamb's well, Book of Life. Kind of, I'm going to go here. It's kind of like the VIP, <laughs> you know. Very important people who have their names in the book are going to be entered in. Well, it's, it's like you said, the angels are the bouncers now. <laughs> That's have right. showed it's up there. Where we like talking about getting into a really good place, like a nightclub. No, we don't have a nightclub, but it's the Garden of Eden, you know, or the the Garden in New Jerusalem. Well, yeah, there's bouncers at the gates, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, every one of the gates is going to have an angel sitting there making sure that your name's written in the Book of oh, Life yeah. so you can have access to that tree. Oh, yeah. That's what it's all about. You know, access but, you know, to the it, tree. It really does encourage your heart if you're a believer to know that to be included into that list, your name has to be written in the book, but you have to actually be living <laughs> this life to live in that place in the future. Now, I want to read one more little story here that has yeah. to do with, with, with paradise because mm-hmm. this is actually brought up in, in the Bible one more place. And I want to bring this one up because... I'm, I'm, I want everyone to know that, that it's never too late for you right. to have access to getting in to the garden of God, to paradise that we're going for. This is what, you know, this is one of the rewards that we're going for here. You know, I'm talking to everyone here that listens to this show and we're going for the gusto here, not only eternal life, but we want access to the tree of life. We want to be citizens of that city of New yes. Jerusalem. This is what we're going for here. And this is why I'm so determined to get everyone here to understand this is what what is. And it's ne- one thing you learn in the Bible is it's never too late to, mm-hmm. to have access to getting in, access to the tree of life, access to New Jerusalem. And we're going to read a story here that proves it, as I always say, biblically. Right. Okay, let's start in Matthew chapter 27. And this is Jesus on the cross and all the stuff that he has to go through when he's on the cross. Okay, there's a story here. I, I'm going to be going over this story here. And I, I, there's a point I want to make at the end of this. So go ahead and read Matthew chapter 27, starting with verse 38. Go ahead. Then two robbers were crucified with him, 
one on the right and another on the left. And those who passed by blasphemed him, waging, wagging their heads and saying, You who destroy the temple and build it in three days, save yourself. If you are the Son of God, come down from the cross. Likewise, the chief priests also, mocking with the scribes and the elders, and that he, he saved others, himself he cannot save. If he is the king of Israel, let him now come down from the cross, and he and we will believe him. He trusted in God, let him deliver him now, if he will have him. For he said, I am the son of God. Even the robbers who were crucified with him reviled him with the same thing. Okay, did you hear that? These two thieves that were on the cross next to Jesus Christ, both of them were mocking Christ while they were also getting hung up there. Right, right, right. Okay, it wasn't just these chief priests and teachers of the law that were, you know, mocking Christ. Even those thieves on the cross. Like they had nothing better to do. Yeah, like they had nothing better to do. When they were dying too, right next to Jesus. Right. They were, and, and they were mocking Christ as well. They were in the same boat, but they felt um, some kind of in crowd with the people who were already mocking him. Let's go ahead and throw stones his direction. But interestingly enough, one of the thieves had a change of heart at some point. He recanted. Yeah, he he. I guess he got to thinking like, you know what? Things aren't really working out in my life really well. My my life maybe my life plan didn't kind of kind of failed on me. My life choices have <laughs> led me astray. <laughs> you know, you know. So we don't know exactly, but one of the thieves, even though he originally when he got mm -hmm. up there, he reviled Christ. Right. Changed at some time when he was hung up on the cross, right with Jesus. He changed his ways. And it could have been after a few hours. Yeah. You know, yeah. it wasn't very there. long because Christ wasn't up there very long. No. He was, he was pretty bad shape when he was put up there to begin with of all the beatings he got. Right. So right. Christ wasn't on the cross that long, but this one thief changed his ways. And we're going to read about that in Luke chapter 24, verse 39. Why don't you go ahead and read that one? The one of the criminals who were hanged blasphemed him saying, If you are the Christ, save yourself and us. But the other, answering, rebuked him, saying, Do you not even fear God, seeing you are under the same condemnation? And he and, and we indeed justly, for we received the due reward of our deeds. But this man has done nothing wrong. And he said to Jesus, Lord, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus said to him, Assuredly, I say to you today, you will be with me in paradise. Okay, so we know that okay, that same word paradise. Mm -hmm. It's exactly the same word that Jesus told the church in Ephesus. To him who overcomes, I will give him to eat of the tree of life, which is in the midst of the paradise of God. Mm. So what Jesus was giving this thief, that one that originally reviled him right. at the very beginning, and changed his ways, he immediately repent, he, he repented, and Jesus didn't like, you know what? You treat me like dirt. <laughs> you know, most of us would be that way. Honestly, right. you know, how much of us would be like, and really in a, in having a heart like that, like Christ would have, and go, you know what? You, you reviled me too. I, I don't really believe that you're authentic. But here, Christ didn't even, no, he said, no, I'm going to tell you something, to, something to, to this day. And we know that, he wasn't going to receive, that day he wasn't going to be in the paradise of God because we know that's New Jerusalem. Right. We know that from the Revelation chapter 2, verse 7 passage. Right. Okay. So, in other words, he's saying here, I'm telling you something today 
that you will be with me. In other words, he is going to be a citizen of that new Jerusalem, of that paradise city that is coming down out of heaven at the, at the final resurrection, that this thief on the cross, he got his shot at eternal life. And, you know, it wasn't any too sooner. It was, that was a deathbed confession, really. I well, mean, no, And he it, wasn't even on a bed. He was on no, a cross. But, but I realized he did a couple of really important things that as people who are sinners have to do. And I was looking at it and I was thinking, okay, mm-hmm. he, first of all, he humbled himself. And then he repented. You know, we deserve this, but he does not. So he realized he was in the wrong. Yeah, he took responsibility exactly. for his own lifestyle and living. See, I know it's a lot of people, they, they always want to make excuses for the, the sins of, of their lives. And they never wanted to say, hey, you know what? But he owned up to his sin. Yes, he did. He said, you know, we, we did, what we did was wrong. And he admitted it. And, he, and, then, and then he, of course, immediately asked Christ for forgiveness. Right. And what? God immediately, like, just, just remember me when you enter your kingdom. Because, you know, I, I don't have anything else. Of course, Jesus immediately, even though how he treated Christ, right. he, Christ immediately forgave him. See, this is how God is. But, but he knew he was doing wrong. He changed his ways. And that didn't, it didn't have to take very long. I mean, like we talked about the deathbed confession or a, a cross confession, um, immediate death. Because he was probably on his way to dying shortly after Christ died. Those guys weren't, like you said, Christ was in a bad way even on the cross when he got there. But these guys weren't expected to live more than 10, 12 hours at the most. So he already knew he, he was one foot in the grave. And at the last minute, he changed his ways. Right. That's why I'm saying it's never too late for anybody. That's why all of us, were, our judgment comes upon our death. Right. If we even a minute before our death, we change our ways, we know, according to the Bible, God will immediately forgive us. Right. See, this is one thing I need, I, I'm trying to get people to understand. It's like it's not too late for any person listening to this show. Or a loved one, that you have a loved one, you know. Yeah. There is hope for everyone. But they just have to recognize that choice before it's too late. And you will have access to paradise Mm. in New Jerusalem, on New Earth, and you will be a citizen eternally of that city. Now, I want you to think about that for a minute, because this is something that is the greatest gift you could ever get. You're living in a paradise city forever with angels protecting you on all sides. You're living free as God intended. It's nice to know that those who overcome will receive an inheritance. But to receive a citizenship in a city that is the absolute most breathtaking place you could ever imagine. This garden of huge proportions. I mean, just alone, I mean, the citizenship there is worth every trouble we ever endure here on earth. And, we, really and we know if since he has access to the garden of God, then he has access to the tree of life. So he is definitely living forever. Right. Okay. He is among the, the righteous that will live forever because he changed his ways. God gives us to our last breath mm-hmm. to change our ways. That's why the great white throne judgment, I was explaining it was only for the dead. God wasn't going to judge anybody until they, until uh, their last breath. And then that's when God judges everyone. And that's what happens today, too. God is not going to judge you. You are not under judgment or condemnation yet until your very last breath. So there's always a chance that you can come to to know the Lord. And you can fear Him and obey Him. And then 
repent of your sins. Don't make excuses for what you've done. Instead, you know, I know our kids do that all the time. They're always making excuses for for their mistakes. We're all like, take responsibility for your mistakes. Own it. We all we all have to own our mistakes. Mm -hmm. Start living for God, and this is what I'm encouraging everyone to do. It's not too late to tell your friends, your loved ones. You can become a citizen of that city that we're, we're going for to have eternal life, have access to the tree of life. It's like living in the Garden of Eden all over again. Right. And yet we will be there forever. And of course, we're, we're you know we're going to be in this glorious city, and this is where the church is located. Only the godly are in the city. Right. This is why this city is called uh, the Bride of Christ. Mm. Because guess who's in the city? The people that are Christ. And this thief was one of them. The, the city is um, has the righteous in it. And that's who's living in that city. And that city is the Bride of Christ. And we can all become citizens of that city if we just repent of our sins right. and come to know the Lord and start living for Him. Right. It's never too late to do that. I don't care how old you are. Your last breath. Yep. And you this, got- this thief on the cross didn't have much time, and he recognized the clock was ticking. So what did he do? He changed his ways. He repented, and he humbly asked Christ to remember him. And sure enough, that's what he was promised. Because you know what? I mean, we see all the similarities. Eden, essentially, that's what God's done. He's recreated Eden mm. on the new earth. He's recreated this garden. That we will have access to this paradise. That we are going to... We're going to be living... Think about it. We're going to be living in paradise. In this age, day and age, the only ones that can live in paradise are the wealthy, the rich, and everything else. No, no, no. You don't, it, You could be among the poorest person in the world. Okay? And then you will live eternally in paradise. Right. I want you to think about that for a minute. Because so many people, they don't really understand... And these are streets of gold. City walls are of gold. Well, gemstones. And and you know what? There's no taxes there. And tax-free zone. (laughs) Can't beat that. You know, we don't have... We're not a slave. We're free people there. Uh It's going to be the free people's city. The only way you're going to be free is you have to make the choice now. Mm. Right now, in this world... We understand that we're essentially slaves in this world. We really are. I wish I wish this world wasn't that way. I wish this world had a certain amount of freedom. But we understand this is a captured world. Right. That, and we're slaves here. I know people don't want to admit it, but if you're paying taxes, which we all do, you're a slave. You're paying for something you don't you don't want, and that makes you a slave. We all are. What can we do about it? Well, here's what we can do. Live for God. Live rightly for this life to live again. So that we can become free. Mm-hmm. Only way to get freedom to live for God mm-hmm. because we're living in Satan's little season not only because it's biblical but because it's the only thing that makes sense join or contact us at satanslittleseason.org This is a non-copyright, living in Satan's little season production.